You are listening to the audio podcast of the weekly message preached at Central United Methodist Church in Arlington, Virginia. You're invited to worship with us in person on Saturdays at 4.30 p.m. or virtually through Zoom or Facebook on Sundays at 10.30 a.m. Visit us at www.cumcballston.org. There you can learn more about our congregation and how we worship God, serve others, and embrace all. The reading today is from Luke chapter 2, verses 22 through 40. It comes from the Common English Bible. When the time came for their ritual cleansing in accordance with the law from Moses, they brought Jesus up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. It's written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male will be dedicated to the Lord. They offered a sacrifice in keeping with what's stated in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. A man named Simeon was in Jerusalem. He was righteous and devout. He eagerly anticipated the restoration of Israel, and the Holy Spirit rested on him. The Holy Spirit revealed to him that he wouldn't die before he had seen the Lord's Christ. Led by the Spirit, he went into the temple area. Meanwhile, Jesus' parents brought the child to the temple so that they could do what was customary under the law. Simeon took Jesus in his arms and praised God. He said, Now, Master, let your servant go in peace according to your word because my eyes have seen your salvation. You prepared this salvation in the presence of all peoples. It's a light for a revelation to the Gentiles and a glory for your people, Israel. His father and mother were amazed by what was said about him. Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, The boy is assigned to be the cause of the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that, generations opposition, that generates opposition so that the inner thoughts of many will be revealed and a sword will pierce your innermost being too. There was also a prophet, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel, who belonged to the tribe of Asher. She was very old. After she married, she lived with her husband for seven years. She was now an 84-year-old widow. She never left the temple area, but worshipped God with fasting and prayer night and day. She approached at that very moment and began to praise God and to speak about Jesus to everyone who was looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. When Mary and Joseph had completed everything required by the law of the Lord, they returned to their hometown, Nazareth, in Galilee. The child grew up and became strong. He was filled with wisdom, and God's favor was on him. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Lane, for reading our scripture this morning. We're on the cusp of a new year as we prepare to welcome 2024, a time when many folks consider their New Year's resolutions, their hopes and their dreams for a life that is better next year in some way than it is today. Our resolve to change our habits doesn't usually last very long into the new year, however. Changing habits can be a challenge, whether we're trying to stop an old bad habit or start a new healthy habit. It might be tempting to just give up, not even bother making a new New Year's resolution at all. That has been my approach a few years because sometimes it just felt so frustrating to make a resolution and then not have the energy to see it through for an entire year. But this worship series had me rethinking that approach for myself. 
We have been looking through the lens of those who dream. Each week in Advent and now in the season of Christmas, we are encountering the people in our text and we are celebrating how they dreamed of a better and different world. The way that they hoped for the promised Messiah to come. The ones who had a vision for a world filled with justice when their experience was one of injustice. And it made me think that I too sometimes dream of a better world, but then I get so frustrated about that gap between where we are now and where we could be, that sometimes it seems fruitless, helpless, frustrating to even bother trying. But as we have spent time with these dreamers, I have been inspired to think again about the dreams that God gives us for our individual lives, for our church community, and for our world. It's too easy to stop dreaming of a better future. There are so many places where we get a message to stop dreaming. Some might say that dreams are just for young folks and that mature people have to be realistic and accept the state of the world as it is. Others say that dreams can simply be childish or selfish or futile. But if we allow ourselves to be led by God working in our hearts, our dreams for a better future will reflect God's divine dream for us and for this world. St. Ignatius taught that when we can understand the true desires of our hearts, we can discover God in our longing. We can discover God in our desire because God is the ultimate end of all human desire. However, it's easy for our egos to distract us. So sometimes we get sidetracked and we think we desire money, power, sexual gratification, or other hedonic pleasures. But if we're attentive to the health of our spiritual lives, we can move past the ego and we can get to the heart of what we truly desire. Is it safety that we desire and we think money and power can bring us safety? Is it happiness and joy that we desire? And we think we can find that through sex or addictive behaviors or substances. There is nothing wrong with desiring safety or desiring happiness and joy. It's the roots that we take to fulfill them that can get us sidetracked from God's desire for us to live a healthy and whole life. When we are in touch with what we truly desire and we recognize that God can fulfill our desire for a healthy healthy and happy and whole life, then we can see how we are part of God's dream for a better world. There are times when I allow myself to stop dreaming. Sometimes it's because I don't want to be disappointed if those dreams don't come true. Sometimes I will have a dream, but I don't want to say it out loud because then if it doesn't happen, I'm the only one disappointed, not the people around me. But this week I was thinking about another preacher who is famous for the dream that he proclaimed. The Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. could name the reality of the brokenness of the world while also casting a vision for a dream that motivated him to work for racial justice and equality. 
In his famous speech, I Have a Dream, given on August 28th, 1963, he proclaimed before 250,000 people gathered at the Lincoln Memorial. So even though we face the difficulties of today and tomorrow, I still have a dream. He could see that there were difficulties in their present time, and he could see that those difficulties would continue, but he was still willing to dream. He was a dreamer who wouldn't stay quiet about his dream for a better future. And we still have a long way to go to achieve the fullness of what he articulated on that day. But his words have been a catalyst and they continue to inspire today to cast a vision for the divine dream of freedom for all people. Our scriptures today from the gospel of Luke introduce us to two more dreamers who show us what it is to hold on to a dream and to proclaim it, not just for themselves individually, but for the world. Anna and Simeon were prophets who spent decades waiting for a dream to be fulfilled. It was God's dream that they had been introduced to through the prophet Isaiah. It was a dream of restoration, of justice, of liberation and peace for their people and also for the world. In Simeon's words today, he said, not just for the Jewish people, for the Gentiles too. They dreamed of freedom for all. And they longed for this dream to be made a reality in their lifetime. They had to wait for a long time. The scripture said that Anna married and was married for seven years. And then she was widowed. So she was probably more than five decades of a widow by the time she was in the temple that morning when Jesus showed up. She had committed herself to prayer and fasting and waiting for the arrival of the Messiah. She waited faithfully day in and day out. It was probably a busy place with folks coming to pray and participate in the various rituals of their faith tradition. So when Mary and Joseph brought Jesus to the temple, they came as many other young couples did with their newborn. There were rites of purification for Mary to follow after giving birth. And there was an important ritual for Jesus to mark him as a participant in God's covenant to be part of God's family forever. And when Mary and Joseph presented their son at the temple that day, they probably did not expect to encounter any prophets. But Luke describes in our scripture that Simeon was waiting for the consolation of Israel and the Holy Spirit had promised that he wouldn't die before he saw the Christ. Simeon had dreamed of seeing the Messiah and he recognized Jesus as the fulfillment of that dream. It would have been so easy for him to miss. Jesus was only eight days old. He was a vulnerable baby. If I had been waiting for a Messiah to liberate my people from oppression, I probably would be looking for someone with military power, riding on a horse in those days, someone who had an army behind him. But Simeon was a dreamer who had a prophetic imagination. He was sensitive to the power of the Holy Spirit within him. He knew that he found the one he had been waiting for and he could not keep 
silent. In the same way, Anna couldn't keep silent when she saw the babe that morning. These two witnesses together proclaimed that they had been dreaming of the Messiah and that they had seen their dreams come true. Given their age, Anna at 84, as scripture tells us, it's not likely that they lived another 30 years to hear Jesus preach or to witness his miracles. In that day, when they saw the baby, they got just a glimpse of God's work in this world, of God's faithfulness to the promise that the divine dream would become reality, that one day people would find freedom from oppression and liberation from sin. Even though they didn't see the dream fully realized, they could still envision a future where one day it would be fulfilled for others. In the same way, the Reverend Dr. King only caught glimpses of God's work toward justice, but he continued to articulate a vision that inspires us to keep dreaming today. He said, quoting scripture, one day, every valley shall be exalted and every hill and mountain shall be made low. The rough places will be made plain and the crooked places will be made straight. The glory of the Lord shall be revealed and all flesh shall see it together. God invites each one of us to be a dreamer today, to fall in love with God's promise of a just world and to be ready to talk about that vision, to notice the unlikely places that God shows up and to name them out loud so that others will see it too. Anna and Simeon were the only two who saw the Messiah that day, but because they didn't keep silent, there were others in the temple whose attention was drawn to Jesus, who might have heard for the very first time the good news that God had shown up in their midst. Theologian Walter Brueggemann invites us to have a prophetic imagination. A person, a person with a prophetic imagination can see the world for what it is, but they are so immersed in God's dream for justice and love that they also see what the world could be. They long and they desire for a world that is just and right and filled with love. And they long to be part of God's work to make that world real. A person with prophetic imagination is like Simeon and Anna, always waiting and looking for the sign of God's salvation in our midst and ready to serve as a witness to it when they see a glimpse of God's promise fulfilled. Both Simeon and Anna were so convinced of God's dream that they gave their whole lives to being part of it. It shaped how they spent their time. Their dreams were not just ideas, but it affected their whole way of life. So let us immerse ourselves in God's dream for this world so that we too can be people with prophetic imaginations. Let us enter 2024 as people who see the world as it is, but who also dream God's dream of what it could be. And when we catch even the tiniest glimpse of God's kingdom here and now, let us like Anna and Simeon move toward God in our midst 
and proclaim for all to hear what God is doing today and share the good news that Christ has come for all. Thanks be to God. Amen.